Welcome back to Man Eaters, the only true podcast on the internet where the killers are real animals. I'm your host, James Chapman, and today we are traveling back to India. And as such, there will be a lot of Indian place names that I'm going to try to pronounce correctly. Uh, But please forgive me if you are from that beautiful subcontinent. If I do get some of those names wrong, uh, they're very long. They're very long, and they have a lot of letters that you just would not expect to go together. But they do. When you people say it, it sounds beautiful. When I say it, well, we'll see how we go. Anyway, today, I want you to strap in because we are tackling a very interesting story. Sit back, relax, and this is the story of the Mysore Sloth Bear. The Mysore sloth bear was an extraordinarily aggressive Indian sloth bear responsible for killing at least 12 people and crippling two dozen others in 1957. It was killed by Kenneth Anderson, who, in his memoir, Maneaters and Jungle Killers, by the way, love that name, wrote, Sloth bears, as a rule, are excitable but generally harmless creatures. This particular bear carried with him the mark of Cain, in that he had become the wanted and deliberate murderer of several men, whom he had done death in a most terrible fashion, without provocation. The Mysore sloth bear was distinguished by his unusual behaviour. Some of the natives in the region who hunted these bears believed that the bear had sworn to take revenge on mankind after killing his cubs. Kenneth Anderson believed that the bear had already been wounded by humans and changed his behaviour accordingly. The bear began its attacks in the Nagawara Hills, east of the city of Asakahi, 105 miles north of Bangalore in the state of Mysore. He lived in rocky hills from which he descended to graze in the fields. As his courage grew, he started harassing people day and night. Now, as is fashion with sloth bears, the animal attacked the faces of its victims with its claws and teeth. Those who survived his attacks usually lost one or both of their eyes. Most lost their noses, while others had their cheeks completely ripped off. Those who died were often decapitated. At least three of the victims were partially eaten. The bear's aggression towards humans first caught Kenneth Anderson's attention when an elderly Muslim friend named Alam Books sent him a postcard urging him to come to his home, a sanctuary between Asakahir and Shimoga. Bucks's 22-year-old son had been badly crushed by a bear at 9pm. He had unknowingly harassed the bear as it was eating fallen figs. Hoping for an easy hunt, Anderson came unprepared for a long journey, bringing with him only a hunting flashlight, a Winchester 405 rifle, and a single change of clothes. Arriving at the sanctuary in the evening, Anderson planned to wait until it was dark to shoot the bear. Beginning his search near the fig trees, Anderson walked a mile and a half without seeing any bears. He unsuccessfully explored the peanut fields before returning back to the temple. Anderson made two subsequent tours during the night, both of which proved unsuccessful. At noon the next day, Anderson was taken to the mouth of what he believed to be the bear's cave. After throwing rocks into the cave with no avail, Anderson returned to Bangalore and told Bucks to telegram if the bear ever attacked again. A month later, Two loggers from Sakreptanar, again, I think I'm pronouncing that wrong, a small town near Chikmangalore and Kudar was fatally maimed by a bear. The Chikmangalore District Forest Officer contacted Anderson, who requested that Anderson come and shoot the bear. Anderson asked for exact coordinates to find out where the bear was, and ten days later he was told that the bear lived in a mound three miles from the city, near the way to Lank Yonker. 
It was also learned that the bear had killed the ranger during a routine patrol. Anderson left for Chickmangalore and established his headquarters in a small house of the Mysore Forest Department. At 4.30 the next afternoon, a man reached the bungalow saying that the bear had bitten his brother, a herder near the hill where the bear's den was believed to have been. Bringing his rifle, a torch, and three or four assistants, Anderson travelled six miles into the woods for an hour and a half before coming to a heavily bushy hill. The assistants refused to travel any further with him, and Anderson followed the general instructions given by the victim's brother to the site of the attack. After searching for a while through the thick brush, Anderson heard the victim's sad groans. He found an unconscious body, badly mutilated at the base of the tree. Realizing that that man was dying, Anderson carried him a short distance before falling and spraining his ankle. The victim died at 5am, and Anderson was later found by forest officials in a dozen villages. He was admitted to the hospital at Chikmangalore for a week before resuming the hunt. During Anderson's absence, the bear crushed two men on their way to Lank Yonkor. Anderson reached Sakrepanar, where he was told that the bear had travelled to the fields of Borom, a mile away from the village. Anderson arrived on the site at 5pm, and spent the night at the base of the largest tree, hoping the bear would come. At about 11pm, Anderson heard the bear digging for roots in the distance, and an hour later approached Borom. Anderson lit his torch on the bear, which, in alarm, rose to its hind legs. Anderson took aim, and fatally shot the bear in the chest. In contrast to Anderson's assertion that these bears are mostly harmless, sloth bears are known as one of the most aggressive bears, and due to large human populations often closely surrounding reserves that hold bears, aggressive encounters and attacks are relatively frequent. Though in some places attacks appear to be simply a reaction to encountering people accidentally. Going on raw numbers, this is the species of bears that most regularly attacks humans. Only the Himalayan black bear subspecies of Asian black bear is nearly as dangerous. Sloth bears likely view humans as potential predators, and their reactions to them, which is roaring followed by retreat or charging, are similar to those evoked in the presence of tigers or leopards. Their long claws, which are ideally adapted for digging in termite mounds, make adults less capable of climbing trees and able to escape danger. According to Robert Amitage Sterndale in his book Mammalia of India, the sloth bear is also more inclined to attack men unprovoked than almost any other animal, and casualties inflicted by it are unfortunately very common, the victim very often terribly disfigured if not killed, as the bear strikes at the head or face. Despite the dangerous nature of these bears, villagers often killed them for sport or for food. One method of hunting sloth bears involved the use of beaters, in which case, a hunter waiting on a post could either shoot the approaching bear through the shoulder or on the white chest mark if it was moving directly towards him. Sloth bears are very resistant to body shots and can charge hunters even if wounded, though someone of steady nerves could score a direct hit from within a few paces of a charging bear. Sloth bears were easy to track during the wet season as their clear footprints could be followed straight to their lairs. The majority of sloth bears killed in forests were due to chance encounters with them during hunts or other game. In hilly or mountainous regions, two methods were used to hunt them. One was to lie in wait above the bear's lair at dawn and wait for the bear to return from its nocturnal foraging. Another was to rouse them at daytime by firing flares into the cave to draw them out. Sloth bears were also occasionally speared on horseback. In Sri Lanka, a balakum of sloth bears was once used to, <laughs> to, <laughs> as a charm against barrenness. Interesting. I don't know what a balakum is, but you can Google that. 
Officers in British India often kept sloth bears as pets. The wife of Kenneth Anderson, who was the person that killed the Mysore sloth bear, kept an orphan sloth bear cub from Mysore, which she named Bruno. Aww. That's cute, and also a bit mean. The bear- oh, if you thought that was mean, by the way, get this. The bear was fed almost anything, including motor oil. God. And was very affectionate towards people. Oh. It was even taught numerous tricks, such as cradling a wood block like a baby, or pointing a bamboo stick like a gun. How cute is that? It's also awful. Don't feed animals motor oil, fucking idiots. Dancing bears were historically a popular entertainment in India, dating back to the 13th century or the pre-Mughal era. The Kalandars, who practiced the tradition of capturing sloth bears for entertainment purposes, were often employed in the courts of the Mughal emperor to stage spectacles involving trained bears. They were once common in the town of Calcutta where they often disturbed the horses of British officers. Now it's now, despite a ban on the practice that was enacted in 1972, as many as 800 dancing bears were in the streets of India during the latter part of the 20th century, particularly on the highway between Delhi, Agra, and Jaipur. Sloth bear cubs, which were usually purchased at the age of six months from traders and poachers, were trained to dance and follow the commands of coercive stimuli and through, sorry, through coercive stimuli and starvation. Males were crap, oh god. Males were castrated at an early age, and the teeth were knocked, oh Jesus, this is so sad. Teeth were knocked out at the age of one to prevent them from seriously injuring their handlers. The bears were typically fitted with a nose ring attached to a four foot leash. Some of them were found to be blind, blind from malnutrition. That's awful. In 2009, following a seven-year campaign by a coalition of Indian and international animal welfare groups, the last calendar dancing bear was set free. The effort to end the practice involved helping the bears, bear handlers find jobs and education, which enabled them to reduce their reliance on dancing bear income. And that was the story of the sloth bear of Mysore. Thank you so much for joining in and listening. Uh, it means the world to me. If you did enjoy this, uh, you can head to Man Eaters Podcast uh, on Instagram. There's a new Instagram there. I do put up uh, polls occasionally. I did ask, you know, what episode people were looking forward to the most, and uh, the sloth bear of Mysore was voted in number one, so that's why it came out this way. So yeah, if you would like to participate in how these stories get released, please head over there, give us a follow, and participate. And just let me know if you enjoyed it or not. I really love your feedback. Thank you. Uh, that is basically it for today, everybody. Uh, the next week, we are going to look at the Leopard of Panar, and the week after, we're looking at elephants, which you would not think uh, would be responsible for that many uh, deaths on humans, but you would be so wrong, my friends. I hope you're having a fantastic day or night or wherever you are. Um, thank you for joining us once again. Subscribe on Spotify. Do all the bullshit. And uh, yeah, have a lovely evening. This is James Chapman signing off. And uh, please take care of yourselves because it's a jungle out there. <laughs>